Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we have our co-host, Blake, joining us in the cantina today, chatting all about Star Wars Missed Opportunities. This is an interesting subject because uh, I'm sure a lot of you would agree that there's been times where a particular director or writer or actor may have had the chance to do something in the stories, and it just didn't happen. And this spans from comic books to novels to to shows to films. And uh, Blake and I each have a list of our own, which we're going to go through. So let's hop over to the cantina and have this discussion. Another happy landing. Well, we are uh, we're standing just outside the Gentino. Let's let's uh, go in and uh, take a look. <laughs> oh wow! There we are. Uh, oh wow! Look at the place. It's just like I remember. It's bustling, man. It's bustling. Let's let's go grab a table. <laughs> oh, there's Greedo over there. Let's avoid him. I don't trust him. Uh, greasy, green, slimy, dude. <laughs> All right, McClunky, <laughs> McClunky. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, man, this is a great topic. I've been looking forward to this for a while, and uh, you know, lots of missed opportunities in Star Wars. I think we can all we can all agree on that one. Uh, you know, mm. from big to small. I know a lot of the, the smaller ones. They only ever come to me when I'm watching the movies. Yeah. I'm like, ah, like if they just done that a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just that little itch. You know, you watch the whatever you're watching and reading whatever you're reading, whatever. You're like, oh, if they only just tweaked it just a little bit or they threw this in there to spice it up or whatever, you know, and uh, it came so close, you know, just whatever was trying to they're trying to achieve. And and we're going to be going over a list of those things today. Uh, some of them, some of them, at least on my list, tend to be um, a mix of both things like that and uh, uh, possibly subjects that we've talked about before in previous other subjected episodes, like uh, some things that may have been canceled last minute that were almost a reality. Uh, not a right, huge yeah, list on we've that. We've talked about those before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, uh, and then some things are, you know, right down to a, a particular line in the script or, or anything like that. And, and, uh, I know you got a few on your end as well. We don't really know what, it, what each of us have, have written about, but I'm sure we might have like one or two that line up. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing so. Yeah. Uh, so without further ado, Let's just uh, let's just start with. Uh, do you want to kick us off here? What's the top of your list? Hmm. Well, it's this is probably the biggest one for me. I'm gonna start with the hammered home. Should <laughs> I save the my, the biggest one to the end? Uh, you know, 
Let's just start off light and kind of ease into it. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we've been on a boba train, so we'll start with that. We never got any episodes or even stories of Boba actually being trained by Cat Bane. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a big missed opportunity for sure because uh, I guess there was that Clone Wars arc that was planned out. Uh, yeah, know, and we got we've talked about showreels even recently. Yeah, recent really uh, recently they, actually. They, yeah, they showed the 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 duel, but we never see any of the buildup of their relationship before that. Totally. So now even going into the Boba Fett series, we're kind of alluded to the fact that there's a relationship there, but we really have no idea what it is. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't know for sure whether or not we'll ever even get those story arcs. I'm sure maybe uh, they might have a plan to release them at some point. With some of the unproduced Clone Wars episodes, they ended up adapting them into a comic book or a novel. Uh, and then, of course, uh, some of the episodes were, in fact, finished and produced as as season seven episodes but uh there's still like a whole of 20 something that that remain completely untouched other than uh, a few proxy animation segments here and there and yeah, at uh, the moment i think all of those be, could be considered missed opportunity oh yeah oh yeah. absolutely yeah that that for sure that's just what i was about to expand on you know uh anything in regards to any canceled clone wars story arc which would have given us like a story like that or uh, or whatever that we knew that was confirmed to be a thing uh, was a huge missed opportunity because Clone Wars just canceled. It, it just ended too early, you know, and uh, it was a mistake on Disney's behalf. I think they kind of admitted that when they brought Clone Wars back. Uh, it's very rare that any show crawls its way back from the canceled grave. And it's true. when it yeah. does, I mean, it's like, it's like, dude, like this is, it was just as good as I remember, if not better, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's fine. It's kind of a story that happened to Firefly too. Yeah. They yeah. canceled it. Years later, they were given the opportunity to finish the story with a movie. Right. This was Clone Wars, obviously like a handful of episodes as opposed to a film, but still. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Serenity capped it off. And, and that, that title still kind of lives on in, in the form of novels and, and graphic comic books and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a title that kind of has that pop culture following, you know, and the yep. content, the continuity is there. There was a novel of recently that came out within the last like two or three years that that was still set within that that time frame. The the, the you know, this it's, just, it's such a yeah, continuity. it's such a cool designed universe. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that it's it's carried on. I know the, there's a big, big following of all the brown coats out there. I'll shout out <laughs> yeah and honestly because i know I'm, i've always been a big fan so I, i'm just holding out hope that now that disney owns fox maybe we'll get like a mini series or something even if it's not the original cast just something in that universe yeah 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 absolutely um it's funny that you bring up uh it's funny that you bring up that show because of course now with with fox being owned by disney uh this now kind of rests on disney's shoulders for responsibility for bringing it back if it if it does come back so they can't handle it worse than fox <laughs> honestly <laughs> yeah uh but yeah clone wars i mean uh you got one of the ones that was on my list at least so uh there you have it uh missed opportunity with all those canceled story arcs um i'll uh i'll nail out a second one for you so um i don't have them in any particular order just because i got like a, a few of them so i'm gonna just kind of pick pick out here and there um, but this one, this one itches me every single time. And I've, I've told you this before I've, 
I've told other people this before. Uh, it was a missed opportunity uh, in episode three with, with Anakin's line uh, that he says to Obi-Wan. Let me just play it for you here. Don't make me kill you. All right. So uh, that's, uh, that's Anakin uh, right before he, uh, you know, leaps at Obi-Wan. Um, and I always thought, man, that's a missed opportunity. Because uh, if they just wrote it a little differently, they could have had it like this. Don't make me destroy you. And They're that's the, close. it's the same guy, right? It's the same character. And the, the line's just like one word difference. And it would have been so awesome. Because this is like the turning point for Anakin into Vader. And that's such an iconic line in itself, right? Like people walk around the street and go, don't make me destroy you. You know, if they're pulling a yeah, joke yeah. and, you know, saying something to their buddies or whatever, referencing Star Wars. That's just one of the reference lines, right? Uh, oh, and for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like... It, it's... It's so close that it makes me <laughs> just wonder if they screwed up. It makes you sick. It's like, man, it's so it's like one word off. It's like they couldn't yeah, just like retake it. <laughs> I don't I don't know who screwed up though. Like was it the writer? Like if it was George who did it or whoever, like just would misremember the line? Or do you think that Hayden Christensen just screwed up the line on set? I don't know. I mean, um I would that's a question. It's, it's so close. It's like, so close. It really could be either. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm wondering, too. Like, I'm wondering if George is so nonchalant about the specifics of things that, that maybe maybe it was written as Destroy You, and then he just kind of changed it up himself. and, and uh, Yeah, maybe he didn't think it was menacing enough. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it confuses me every time because I'm like, it just baffles me. Like, why not? <laughs> you know, that's a big one. It, yeah. It's such a small thing, but it's such a big moment. And that's what makes it a big thing for me. So that's a missed opportunity right there. Um, a lot of those, I feel like a lot of my gripes too are stuff that, at least in the main saga, stuff that could have been just slightly tweaked that would make all three trilogies just sync up a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I've got a few my, of those. My biggest well. one, my, my biggest one falls under that as well. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Kick us off with the, with another one here. Um, I thought it was a missed opportunity that uh, the sequels didn't use 3PO and R2 as much as the the, uh, the previous two trilogies did. Like I feel like R2 really got stuck with a back seat, just mm -hmm. being turned off holding the map for like the entire first movie, for example. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Um, I forget if that's no, that I don't have that one on my list, but I, I did have a few uh, from the sequels in there, of course. Naturally, I think we all would because it breaks the original story of how George said it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be from the droid's perspective because that's why they're in yeah. all six movies, at least right. original films. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was something that, that George uh, was pretty adamant about where, you know, and his ideas have evolved. I mean, it's not that stories can't evolve from storytellers, but uh, George was the kind of guy that kept things uh, fairly consistent, you know, as, as he evolved things, uh, telling his story over the course of, you know, 30-something plus years. Um, yep. and the droids were definitely one of those definitive things that he said in more recent, uh, periods of time when, when he completed his saga, uh, he said, uh, you know, that the droids were there for all these big events. Right. And, and so if someone were to share the story, cause every movie opens up with a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right. That's not just like a throwaway line. Um, it is truly 
supposed to be us uh, recounting uh, a story that has happened, right? And so um, it's almost like a fairy tale. You know, you, you, you read once, once upon a time, right? And it's basically like his way of kind of saying this story is uh, we're approaching this from like a mythological standpoint, right? Uh, in which this story has been recounted by people over and over again throughout history. And, uh, and there was someone must have been there to witness that story. And so uh, to George, that was ultimately the droids because they don't die. Uh, they somehow live through everything throughout the films. And uh, we've seen 3PO tell stories before, such as yeah. Return of the Jedi. Right, exactly, walks. exactly. And he's got such a cool character arc because in, the, in A New Hope, he says that they're not very good at telling stories. And then you get to the final film where he's telling the story. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's such a good... He's got his own character arc through the original trilogy, which is actually really neat. And, um, you know, he, when he first meets Luke Skywalker and he asks them about the Rebellion and the Empire, Thrupio's like, oh, well, you know, I'm not, we're not watch, much for telling stories. And he tries to shrug it off. And then in episode six, he's actually responsible for making them part of the tribe because he tells... Like, That's such, right. Blows them all away, all these little Ewoks that tell him the greatest story of all time <laughs> being the Star Wars. And... Uh, I, I always thought that was such a neat little part of the story that I think goes uh, a little uh, underlooked. But um, there was there was another thing uh, with the storytelling that is not just the droids, but it was supposed to also involve the wills of the Force. And I think if George did have the opportunity to do this, the sequel trilogy, he would have gone down that route and incorporated those wills uh, a lot more, which in itself is a bit of a missed opportunity. We didn't get that. But uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, that was a really big one for sure. It uh, I think it's one of the things that made the sequels feel really out of sync. Yeah. And I, I also I get the fact that you know, it was the new droid, right? BB-8. They want to like more center stage. But it's not to say you couldn't have the other two being more involved, right? Or right. like it, if or at least 3PO, have him become part of the crew again because they didn't have an interpreter at all. Yeah, I guess they kind of tried to amend that up a little bit in episode nine uh, because he was a lot more present, shall we say? But um, R two man, like he got the brunt of of a lot of That's that. That's crazy. That cut. From like yeah. from like he, they were very very involved through all other six movies. Yeah, you know, and and the thing is, like, I get they need to make new stuff, right? It's not that you and I are completely wrapped up in you know the stuff that exists through six movies and we don't want to see new things like of course we want to see new things but we want to make sure it's consistent and that's like, what it is for me yeah it's like i understand them wanting to make new droids they can sell new toys it's like printing money for them you know make a new bb-8 just make it black boom you know a whole new action figure whole new funko pop whole new wall sticker everything else you know six inch figure yeah. three and three quarter inch figure the list goes on right and yeah, you got uh, mold bust, you got them driving destroyed ATATs, you name yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So anyone from the corporate world listening, I'm like, you know, I, 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 I get it, right? Like, it's not that I don't understand. This is ultimately, for them, it's about money. But um, quite frankly, I mean, you know, servicing the story is, is really important because, you know, that's why we love the thing in the first place, right? And it's like, uh, it's okay. It's Star Wars. You can use R2-D2. <laughs> you know, it's like you didn't pay $4 billion yeah. for nothing. <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre how that is the case. I, I feel like maybe they're just trying to distance themselves from, from George. They could feel like it was their idea. I think so. But yeah, yeah, it just, 
doesn't work. <laughs> no, it it just makes everything feel disconnected. Yeah, it does. It does. It's uh, it's not that I don't I don't have a problem with BB-8, but I did have a, pr- a problem with how much he was overused through all of the movies in that trilogy uh, over the use of uh, a very capable and useful droid which is r2d2 you know and like i don't know why they couldn't have done both like for example let's maybe let's say seven will be pretty much the same because like they all have their jobs or whatever don't change the story too much but after r2 is reawakened and bb8 and poe are reunited bb8 could have went back with poe but just as evolved in the series and then r2 could have replaced bb8 with ray right yeah, possibly for sure. I think, you'd, ha- I think yeah. you'd have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, um, and you know, and I, uh, I sometimes think about this. She basically well because... just steals his droid. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't, doesn't get it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, and uh, that being said, I mean, uh, I know episode three is a little notorious for the cutting of a lot of R two three PO moments, uh, just because that movie is so busy with other stuff that. Uh, that the, the droids de- definitely ended up getting, I think, the least amount of screen time than any other Star Wars movie. And that happens to be my favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> um, so it's not that I'm uh, you know, forgetting about that either, but um, it's not uh, intentional is what I'm trying to say. You know, like the, if the movie was, was three or four hours, I'm sure we would have had more R2 and 3PO. Um, you know, quite frankly, it wasn't. But, you know, when you look at like three whole Star Wars movies that... You know the lackluster time of those characters is like next to none. It's like okay, what you know, what what on earth happened? You know, um, so it's true. Uh, big missed opportunity there. Shame on them. <laughs> shame, 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 shame. shame. <laughs> uh, here's a big one for me. Anakin is not visible in the sequels at all, and uh, this is uh, this is a big missed opportunity because. Uh, with the special editions and then later the Blu-ray uh, uh, releases. And and um, it was apparent that the canonicity of Anakin looking like Hayden Christensen after he dies is just the thing, right? Like that's just the, uh, the way it goes. He was redeemed to his former glory, his highest point in his life. And uh, that's how George Poor wanted to... stuck as an old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's how George wanted to portray the identity of Anakin Skywalker because they they emphasize that a little bit, uh, where it's not it's not uh, resurrection or or um, it's not uh, Force Ghost. That is, it's not exactly what you would consider of of immortality in a way. I mean, it kind of is, and it kind of isn't. Um, it's emphasized in Clone Wars as maintaining one's identity after death, because we all know that everyone who dies in Star Wars transcends into the Force, right? So, in a way, well, it's you like, also now, now you know, you keep the ability to bonk people in the head with sticks and some lightning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a nice added perk, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's like you maintain the identity of yourself, which you can, I guess, and you exist outside of time. So it's 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 kind of this weird. Uh, like you exist as part of the force, but you maintain your identity because to someone like Ezra Bridger, who ends up in the world between worlds, you know, it's obvious that time is no longer relevant in the force. You know, time just doesn't exist. It's it's like gravity, right? It's like uh, if you've ever seen that that movie uh, Interstellar, you know, 
And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, to me, it's like force ghosts. They don't just kind of pop on, pop off whenever, um, they want. I think it's just the force allows them to kind of be there in that moment for the person in need at all times, because time no longer exists once you kind of transcend that, that death curtain. Right. So, now we're getting into like hugely Star Wars philosophy stuff, but I mean, like that—that's just kind of how I perceived the, the whole the, for, the whole Force Ghost thing. And that once they really emphasize, like you know, this is the, the identity of yourself after death. So young Anakin showing up, Episode Six. That's how it ends. You go to Episode Seven. No Force Ghost, no nothing. At the same time, we didn't really get any Luke anyway. So yeah, uh, but in Episode Eight, when he's like struggling, right? Yoda is the last person I would have expected, or maybe, maybe actually not the last one, but you know, with his father being uh, present now in his life, and 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 it should have been all three of them. It should have been all three. One, Anakin, oh yeah. Ideally, they would he would have been confronted by like a force ghost of count, you know, council, uh, a force ghost kind of thing. Yeah, the fourth council kind of thing. Um, uh, uh, What what do you call that? a uh, intervention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, force Which ghost is really intervention. Which funny. Yeah. Because one of the comics, when Luke is a force ghost, and it's like his great-great-grandson or whatever, it's Cade Skywalker, and Luke as a force ghost is doing interventions for Cade because he's uh, addicted to death sticks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so... You know, it hasn't it hasn't not been done before, but um, but yeah, no, of course, like I I uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree, and uh, you know, it, it was a big missed opportunity not to use that character, and like yeah, we got a little bone at the end of episode nine. You heard his voice, big deal, you know. Um, part of the reason why I'm so excited for Obi Wan Kenobi is that we actually get to see him in character again, uh, however way, shape, or form that is, and and uh, you know, I wonder then if he will be in contact with Qui-Gon because last we heard at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda says in touch with your old master yeah. or whatever. Right. Yeah. So there might be something there as well. Right. There yeah, exactly. Force ghost training. Exactly. Yeah. I hadn't actually considered up till now. <laughs> yeah. It's actually on my list. Uh, Qui-Gon's on my list in it in one or two areas. Um, but yeah, Anakin, no Anakin in the sequels um, aside from a little voice line you know, big missed opportunity there. In fact, there's some guy on YouTube who kind of fixed that whole Ray scene where she gets back up and fights the Emperor and actually kind of composited in all of the other Jedi that you see the voices of, like, behind her. And it was like, yeah. why couldn't they just do that, you know? That's like, pretty cool. Like Honestly, that, they should have done that to begin with. Yeah, they should have just done that, you know, f- from the start. They should have just planned a scene that that would have happened. And... Maybe it was time. Maybe it was budget constraints. Who knows? But what do you got to lose? It's the last Star Wars movie that they're going to make in the saga. You know, as far as the Skywalker story goes, I just didn't get it. You know, that actually plays right into one of mine, which is at the very finale of episode nine, they should have had all the force ghosts there. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the final farewell. Same ideas as Return of the Jedi, but now like Luke and everyone is there too, right? Right, yeah. And I know they wanted that. You're talking specifically about the moment where Rey is on Tatooine. She says, yeah. I'm Rey, Rey Skywalker. The camera pans out. You see like the, the Luke and Leia force ghosts, kind of like her own parents standing there. 
um, and then that's it, right? You're yeah. talking about that scene? Yeah. Okay. That's right. And All right. They should have also had Obi Wan, and they should have had Anakin. It should have been. It should have been like a final farewell moment, right? It's funny that you mentioned that one because something to add on top of that is they really emphasize that whole Ray Ben Solo relationship at the end of the movie. And it blows me away. Yeah, he should have been there too. Yeah, it blows me away that he wasn't there. And <laughs> I think a lot of people were a little bummed about that because when I was in the theater, I remember thinking, "Is he gonna pop up?" Right? And just like Anakin did, it, right? Right? So exactly. He just, wanted to be so much like Darth Vader, and then he got the same story arc. Yeah, and then he just got screwed, man. Like, you know, no Force goes for him. Like, <laughs> no. I don't know. He was I mean, still dark side, so he he doesn't get to live on with the force. Maybe, uh, maybe he didn't complete the training. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh! Uh, well, oh, I mean, Anakin probably didn't either. He just came back anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He, well, he's he the died, chosen one. Back. I think he gets to do that, right? He's the chosen one. He locks out, but um... and the chosen one never shows up in this <laughs> in the sequels. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just. Um, it's just this uh, this strange kind of I don't know why you know I, I don't know why they just didn't do it so so yeah your, yours and mine kind of sync up a little bit uh, in that it's a lot of force ghost stuff yeah yeah it's like I get that they don't want to overuse them because then everything is always solved all the time right it's become too easy but you can't just avoid them altogether either yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. They're a part, of, they're a big part of Star Wars. I mean, you know, that's the only reason why uh, Luke continued his training, you know, because because of Obi Wan coming to him in moments of need, and and uh, I think I think sometimes about uh, Harry Potter, like the, in this one scene in uh, um, Order of the Phoenix, where they're they're kind of they, the students kind of meet in. Um, in a in Hogsmeade, and uh, Hermione and and Ron are kind of talking him up to a bunch of their fellow students, and they're like, "Harry did this. Harry did that. Harry killed a basilisk. You know, Harry took on Dementors. You know, more than any wizard have, has seen before. Whatever he's, you know, ridden a hippogriff and like <laughs> whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Fought a With dragon. His, his resume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so he's fought Voldemort and and uh, all this. And that. Could you imagine being like fourteen? Like that's what you've done. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so I think of that scene though because he kind of gets up when he's like looking at the floor when they're saying all these things, and he's like, "Well, that you all make it sound really great, but you know, I I didn't actually do a lot of those things by myself. Like I always had hope or, or help." Right. He always had yep. he always had something that was intervening. Right. Like the like Dumbledore's uh, bird, like giving him the sword and the hat in the Chamber of Secrets or or, uh, you know, himself saving himself in front of the Dementors <laughs> or uh, uh, whatever. Right. Like there, there's, there's a whole bunch of um, uh, if he didn't have the fireball, he probably would have just been eaten by a freaking dragon. Right. Like, you know, and he was gifted the fireball. Um there's a lot of things where it's like, okay, if Harry didn't have the help that he needed at Hogwarts, he probably would have died like first or second year, you know? And um, uh, I think I think to myself in moments like that, it's like Luke Skywalker would have never become a Jedi if it wasn't for Force Ghosts. And, um, and it's true. Obi-Wan wouldn't have, you know, Obi-Wan and Yoda would have never made it to where they did as Force Ghosts if it wasn't for Qui-Gon learning uh this particular 
route into uh, the path mm. to uh, uh, immortality, uh, shall we say. Yeah, so it's interesting that you mention Luke having like Obi-Wan as a force ghost and then later um, like Yoda and, and Anakin as well. Because something that I didn't really realize until you brought that up is that is a pretty massive distinct difference between Rey and Luke's like their their arc in learning learning the force because yeah. Luke always has Obi Wan to to talk to and, and and learn from, whereas Ray just kind of learns stuff, and that's something that could have been very easily fixed if they just included a Force Ghost. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and um, you know, it's like it's not like Luke didn't use a lightsaber at all aside from that training droid in Episode Four, whereas in Episode Seven, Ray's like already taking on a dark dark sith, jedi right sith lord <laughs> yeah and i mean technically he's like a dark jedi because like the sith are supposed to be gone or whatever but right uh, but well, they, they emphasize that a lot uh, and then they brought him back anyways palpatine but whatever. exactly whatever right but that was his plan all along <laughs> throw yeah. them off <laughs> yeah so but you're i mean you're right it's just uh it's like it's like what <laughs> and which is it, it also brings in that whole thing was like okay well you know she ends up being a palpatine um th- this explains everything it explains why she's so naturally gifted all this like you know which is bizarre because they just spent the entire last movie talking about how bloodlines <laughs> don't matter yeah <laughs> this, this is a whole nother thing man the whole sequel like directions um but yeah i it, wanted to just like big knock, missed opportunity like, big missed opportunity about that the whole time but there's a lot of stuff that if again like if it just been tweaked would have been a lot smoother yeah yeah absolutely yeah force ghost is a big one um yeah speaking of uh see <laughs> see i got a few more of the sequels i don't want to ham on these movies but uh, yeah yeah i was trying to avoid that too let me let me just uh let me just say very quickly because it is on my list episode seven all of it um, I know, uh, <laughs> I know, I know some people out there, they might, they might hate episode eight, and nine and love episode seven. To me, episode seven felt like an empty shell of a star Wars movie. I remember walking out of that theater and going, this didn't feel like star Wars at all. Um, other than the music and, uh, seeing the Falcon again and, uh, some cameos from Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill. Um, it was really just like, what is this movie? Like it, it it's so disconnected from the last episode, you know, like I remember just watching a bunch of Ewoks take down the empire force ghosts showing up and Luke Skywalker standing around a campfire. And now like, what is this? Like, you know, I was just so confused and I know it's like 20 something years later. From that perspective, that is a good point. If you just change the names of stuff, then it would, it could be any sci-fi movie. It could be like Valerian or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, with episode four and with episode three, at least you have that solid transition of Luke and Leia are born. And now you start off the next movie with Luke and Leia. And it's like easy transition, right? And and there's like a 19-year difference between those movies in, in universe. Episode six and seven, I don't know what happened, man. So I think... Part of it then is maybe they try to change too much in that gap. So yeah, I you think so. Would have been happier if, say, Luke's like his uh, his academy was like still active, like that. Sort right. of, like it started with a tragedy of that. Yeah, example. yeah. The the missed opportunity really comes into how they handled 
that story ultimately, because we do know that episode seven was supposed to be written by uh, somebody else. And um, under the creative consulting of George Lucas, you know, having used that outline when he sold the company, they had an outline for episode seven, eight, nine, and uh, some notes, some artwork, you know, they had a rough script. Um, it could have been a very different movie, you know, and, and I think if we had that version of episode seven, it would have actually lined up so much better. And uh, there would have been this continuous, consistent trajectory of like where, you know, Mr. Lucas himself would have taken the stories. And, and that I think is the biggest missed opportunity of all is it all goes back to that decision that was made all the way back then. Uh, do we scrap what Lucas is doing in favor of going a completely different direction? And ultimately it comes, it comes back to that a lot of the time. A lot of the issues from the sequels always go back to that. So no, that's uh, a valid point. Big I missed mean, opportunity. Yeah. I, I get their decision in that. Whereas like, this is right off the prequels of right. It's the last Star Wars that had come out barring the Clone Wars. And fans, when the prequels came out, had a absolutely terrible reaction to it. Yeah. Like, yeah I think they were afraid oh, of that. This, exactly. And so, like, that's not to say, like, kids didn't enjoy it because, I mean, we, we grew up in that generation. We grew up with it. So we always liked the prequels. Yeah. But the original trilogy fans who watched the prequels, I don't think there was very many people who were at least very outspoken about liking it. There's right. a lot of hatred from that generation towards them, yeah. at least in the, in the early few years. And I would say probably up to the point where Disney started putting stuff out and I could see them wanting to avoid that mm -hmm. worrying that there's just a lot of baggage there. Right. Yeah. But unfortunately they probably went too far the other way. And because a lot of the flaws of the prequels aren't the story itself. Yeah. Is that they weren't executed to their full potential. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a huge amount of potential when you say there's going to be a Star Wars 7, 8, and 9. And I remember thinking to myself, I remember telling somebody this at a SkyTrain station uh, when I was waiting in line, you know, on the way to work, coworker of mine. I remember saying to him, Episode 7 is going to be the best Star Wars movie of all time. And critically, <laughs> critically it it is it's done pretty well and it made a lot of money um, it looks really nice but the i said to, great. yeah and before this is before we had any kind of teaser trailer or anything like that this was like the news had come out this was going to happen um everyone was stoked and uh, i remember saying to them this is going to be the best star wars movie of all time because they have the opportunity to combine the cast of the prequels and the sequels in one movie you know, this is the this is the moment where you can dress you and McGregor <laughs> and they up like. They brought a in man. neither of them. Yeah, and it's like it's like you get to, you get you got the opportunity to dress up you and McGregor as an old man, play old Obi Wan Kenobi. You can throw in Hayden Christensen in there, have Ghost Anakin, right? Uh, you know, we get Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker again. You get the band back together. Carrie was still alive. Um, it, it's just it was too perfect, right? And. Uh, it's just it, it just kind of fell apart so fast. As soon as they threw out that that rough outline from George, it just went downhill quick. And uh, um, I think it's episode seven that really sets up what episode eight was going to do. And uh, ultimately, like, yeah, they could have done more changes to make that movie work better. But 
Um, but it was really like this time and era that we're in with this particular villain and this particular uh, government that's coming into the galaxy as a new threat and this and that and whatever. The state of the galaxy was just, it was just a bad way to set up that, that trilogy of films. And uh, uh, I, I, I've just kind of maintained that, that thought for uh, uh, close to eight years now. <laughs> <laughs> Been that or, long? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, since uh, I mean, my I, I guess I'm going back from before the first movie. But I, I guess it's been uh, what is it? Seven years? 2015 okay, yeah, was Force Awakens. Seven seven years, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think it's been that we're, long. Yeah, we're co- we're coming on eight years. <laughs> people are people are still bitter, like because the prequels all over again. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, you you did touch on it though, so I feel like we it needs at least a brief mention. I don't want us to stick on sequels for too long, but it's worth saying that a missed opportunity that we can never now have mm-hmm. is the original tr- trilogy cast being reunited. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's that's no longer a possibility, you know, with the loss of Carrie and uh, even Peter Mayhew. I mean, uh, Chew, the, the the actor behind yeah. the Chewbacca mask, even he's gone. And uh, Kenny Baker uh, as R two D two. I mean, he's he's had some honorary mentions here and there, but uh, yeah, he's he's gone as well. And there's pretty much it's just Anthony Daniels, uh, Mark, and and Harrison, and uh, you know that's uh, oh, and Billy D of course, if you count Lando. Um, and yep. that's that's who's left, right? And it's like time's ticking, man. Like they're all going to be gone soon. It's crazy. So and James Earl Jones as well. Throw him in there. Yeah, yeah. James Earl Jones, Vader. Um, that's a very good one. Uh, how many times are we going to get the authentic Vader voice going forward with Disney? Probably not exactly. very many. Yeah, I think this might be one of the last times we get Vader, like re- real Vader. You know, in in Obi Wan Kenobi is because uh, that's James actually a really Jones. good point. Yeah. Yeah. And in the games and stuff, you can always tell it sounds different. You know, you can always tell it's somebody else. And sometimes they do a pretty good job. But even in Star Wars Rebels, they had James Earl Jones reprise his role for that. Rogue yep. One, uh, he came back for that, you know. And and it's like, man, this guy this guy's been the voice of Vader iconically since since 77. Like, what are we going to do without him? <laughs> right? I mean, Such a uh, good point. It's, it's all those things that just allow it, everything to feel consistent, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the the subtle things, it's the subtle things for sure. Um, here's a big one for me. Obi-Wan's forgetfulness of R2, uh, of the, in the prequels. Um, I had no, I have no answer for this. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's, there's a huge missed opportunity in the prequels for not connecting the dots when it comes to Obi-Wan not knowing R2-D2 in episode four. And I never understood that. I never understood how he could spend all these years at the side of Anakin in the Clone Wars with his droid R2-D2. There's an entire arc yeah. where he was scolding Anakin for going out and trying to find this little droid that he loved so much. And and it's like, how do you not remember this droid? Like, you know, this droid has it's been... It's the, the droid that saved them as they escaped Yeah, like Naboo. so many times. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, r specific too. droid. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They all look the same to me. <laughs> Yeah, there there was this article I read online about these these various things that just paint Obi Wan as like a total liar in like every <laughs> every scenario, and it's, it's really so funny. it's so funny, yeah. Um, and his excuse yeah. every time is just well, from a certain point of view, point of view. wink, wink. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Next time I'm caught lying, I'm gonna say that. Well, from a certain <laughs> point of view. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Uh, should run for mayor <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's a good point though i know that george i feel like he he kind of tried to make it seem like most people can't tell the difference between droids including obi-wan where like they're basically like a toaster right right he, they shouldn't be treated any differently than a toaster which is funny because all the main characters they all don't do that you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. again, like in the sequels, all of them treat like BB-8 like he's a like a a champion hero or whatever, right? But it's supposed to be that the majority of people just see them as like tools, right? Right, exactly. Um, and Luke and Anakin were, were the only exception. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. Uh, and and Padme, just yeah, and Padme to some degree, right? Yeah. Uh, um, and, and Leia, you know, uh, Leia's thrown in there as well. I don't don't know. I feel like Han Han and Leia both still treated 3PO like he was just like a robot, like a regular droid, right? Well, well, yeah, (laughs) with 3PO, yeah. With, with R2, I mean, like, uh, Leia entrusted R2 with the, the plans, the secret plans to the Death Star, which was a huge big deal because, uh, the Yeah, but that wasn't, that wasn't because... They saw them as something that wasn't just a tool, right? That was because... Sorry, getting in my, my board's all fumbled here. I could see them doing that if it was any droid, because that would be just a function that they're supposed to carry out, and they knew that's something that would be able to sneak through. That has nothing to do with Leia thinking that R2 was a special hero character. In fact, she'd probably never seen R2 like 101 before. He probably was just there coincidentally. Because well, he was supposed to just work for Captain Antilles. Uh, yeah, and uh, and he was kind of, uh, I guess maybe. Um, well, we know from Rebels that that Bail Organa basically took ownership of those droids, so Leia's yeah. grown up around those droids. Um, so if she did look at them as as tools, um, uh, you but know, three PO specifically says our last owner was Captain Antilles. Uh, our our last yeah our last master. Uh, so I guess maybe when when Leia started working for the rebellion, three uh, PO just you know his immediate kind of person of of command was passed off to the captain of that ship uh, because he was entrusted with delivering Leia to uh, Obi Wan, right? I guess in person. So you know that kind of makes sense, I guess. Um, from a certain point of view, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, in, in Rebels uh, w- we had kind of clear distinction. Um, along with Leia's adoption, like R two and three PO were were kind of passed off to Bail as uh, a primary kind of master that, that they would go to. And then when he died, obviously on Alderaan, that that ownership kind of goes to Leia. So, um, yeah. But uh, anyway, long-winded uh, thing. I forget what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, uh, so yeah, the, uh, sorry, the, the the forgetfulness of Obi Wan. I feel like if they just had um, a, a little throwaway line in Episode Three or something, uh, I don't know how cheesy it would have been, but uh, maybe something that kind of indicated like he he just doesn't care at all. You know, doesn't care at all for uh, R two as a, as an identity of a droid or you know anything like that. That kind of distincted him from any other droid. Um, or something that kind of pointed out, like, because he says, 
I don't remember owning a droid. You know, it's like, yeah, um, you know, some some Quite just schmoes like, uh, hey, sir, is this your droid? Like, no, you know, anything like that would have been kind of like a little nod, I guess. But I think it's almost inevitable. You know, when you start making a story halfway through the story, it's almost inevitable <laughs> that that those kind of things are going to happen, right? Um, yeah, the small stuff, just because it it changes over time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which just goes to show how impressive uh, the construction of Georgia Saga really is, and how consistent of a story he had in his head before he started making the middle one. Because uh, uh, that's a tough thing to do, you know. It's a really tough thing to do. I mean, I know Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them has been running into all those kind of issues with uh, continuity stuff um, in relation mm-hmm. to in-universe lore that they've already done in the Harry Potter films and books and such. So That's true. Yeah, and those are novels, so they had a like a much richer yeah. uh, canonicity to pull from. So Whereas the, the films, I feel like there's a little more room, like wiggle room, because stuff is less like nailed down. Right, right, yeah. Speaking of which, new movies coming out this weekend, so um, yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter, not Star Wars. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, give everyone a heart attack here. Like, what? What Star Wars like, movie? What? <laughs> Over what's coming out? Ready? No way. <laughs> um, okay, thirteen, thirteen. Uh, this is um, th- th- I know this is kind of like on our ca- big. St- it's a number one on our canceled Star Wars list. Uh, but I got to throw it out there because the missed opportunity comes in with how close it was to finished. I mean. We're talking about a game that had a full E3 launch, which means it's about a year and a half-ish away from release, right? Uh, At least nowadays, uh, E3 happens, a game is announced, you kind of forget about it, and then four years later it comes out, uh, (laughs) like like Lego Star Wars. Uh, But uh, this is is a game that was, I I assume, like really close to finish, and uh, it's still just in its its coffin, you know, Uh, not seeing the light of day, probably never will big missed opportunity there it was also a miss it was also a missed opportunity to um once again tell a, a story of a young boba fett that just didn't happen uh this is one of a lot one of three times uh if you count the clone wars uh cancel clone wars episodes 13 13 as well as the canceled boba fett movie which ended up i guess as an idea being transformed into a show um that's like a lot of uh you know misfires i think when it comes to telling stories about that particular character so yeah big he's obviously changed a lot since those days too now he's they've decided to make him a crime lord yeah 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 i'm the crime lord now (laughs) that's right so i got a neat one go for it something that some people maybe like it the way it is and i'm gonna i'm not gonna say that it's not good the way it is because i enjoyed the way it is too but it would have been really cool to see the original episode six on Kashyyyk with all the all the Wookies instead of the Ewoks, that would have been interesting, uh, like a second battle of Kashyyyk kind of thing. Yeah, I mean this is also before Kashyyyk was a thing in the Clone Wars, right? So you're not far that, off. The, I mean, I, like, I think that ca- sorry. Yeah, well, that's a really yeah, that's not far off of what could have happened because. Um, uh, it was too expensive or something like that to do. Yeah, that's suits. exactly what it was. Yeah. 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 That's the reason why they didn't do it. But actually, it, it happening because they, they put it in, in the prequels as like this was something George wanted to do. So it was like they finally got to do it. Yeah. But 
being in the prequels actually might make it richer to come back to in the sequels because then you're liberating all these Wookiee slaves after you saw them mm-hmm. be uh, like fight with the uh, with the Republic and then be betrayed. Right. Yeah, so that'd be no. a really cool turn of events. And honestly, the reason why the reason why I think I'd like to see it be really cool is I would just love to see like the the style of combat that we get in the original trilogy in Return of the Jedi. We get like we see all the Ewoks have all got their spears and they're like fighting everything kind of like hands on. Yeah, I would love to see that with just the brutality of Wookies. Yeah, yeah, because we see them fight in. And Revenge of the Sith, but it's always like a Glimpses. really quick shot or like yeah. a wide angle. You never really get to actually see the battle itself. Right. Yeah. The, the whole thing is like you can see whatever they're doing in a matter of like 15, 12 or 15 seconds worth of footage. And that's it. Right. Yeah, and exactly. It, like I think the only real combat we see where they're actually fighting is when they take out the those those tanks yeah and the they water put the grenades on there and jump off yeah. other than that it's like the two sides are running at each other to start the fight or they're like flying by on one of their like yeah. airship things yeah and there's like the initial beach kind of like roar you know the the, the battle cry and then and then yeah and that's that's it right it's like man that would be yeah, so like, cool though you know to see more of that <laughs> Yeah, like just seeing them like actually like attacking the like stormtroopers and like tearing them apart or like climbing. I I picture them like climbing up the trees, like how you see the uh, like the the orcs and the goblins escape when when the uh, the Balrog shows up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, like I picture like you hear like the Empire whatever shows up like the ATST and then you just see all the Wookiees like sc- scatter to climb up the trees yeah, be like stuff like that would be so cool <laughs> yeah um you know it's like I, I I do like it is a missed opportunity for sure again I think it comes back to the order of how these movies were made if Star Wars if the original trilogy was made today man that's an interesting conversation in itself um but yeah I, it, you know it is a it is kind of a missed opportunity not to uh, have had that happen, I guess. Um, for the time, I understand why it didn't happen. And I think George's mentality yeah. is like, if you can't do it well, don't do it, because oh, for sure, he's he's a he's like pu- pushing for for um, the best thing possible, right? And he was such an innovator in terms of like wanting something beyond what was uh, capable, uh, proven capable at least at the time, right? And uh, and so you know here we are right I mean the guy basically invent uh, uh, you know revolutionized um, the industry on on a few accounts uh, so yeah I mean that's a, that's that's one for sure that I would have loved to have seen as well just would have been so cool it would have been anyway what do you what else you got uh, okay well I think I brought up Qui Gon in episode three. Um, maybe maybe it came up briefly, but I uh, just want to throw it because it's a it's a whole separate thing. I got uh, no Qui Gon in episode three was a big uh, big setback. I think you know in terms of this all goes back to our Force Ghost conversation. Um, I'll speed through this a little bit. We got um, oh here's a big one. Leia's memory of Padme um, took an obscure it took an obscure novel moment to piece together that she was actually thinking of Sabe. Um, and it was like a missed memory that, you know, how sometimes our memories get a little distorted over time. Um, that was such a bizarre fix. Yeah, it was a bizarre fix, but it was, it was something of a, of a patch at least, um, 
however, it, it, it always did kind of confuse me. Um, the route that George decided to take with Padme dying at the death of the, the twins birth. Um, I do love that a lot. Uh, however, it did create a minor uh, continuity error with Pad uh, with with Leia remembering uh, Padme and that she was uh, sad and and um, it's like it was all true, but at the same time, it's like you're just born. Like, how is it that you have this memory, you know, ingrained in your head? And, and it's like I guess yeah. maybe maybe you could consider it. This was a feeling that she got in the Force that was just kind of imprinted in her mind, you know, like just, uh, in yeah. at the height of such. classic. Yeah. Yeah. Classic Star Wars fashion. Right. It doesn't yeah. make sense. So we use the force to explain it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, it's just, it was a missed opportunity not to, uh, more fuller explain, I guess, uh, in, in the moment. But then again, yeah, I remember riding the school bus. Yeah. After Avengers of Sith came out and like talking with other like 12 year old kids like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> she was just born. How would she know what her mom looked like? <laughs> yeah, it's like at the Definite, same time, yeah. though, at the same time, it's almost like I don't want those little like, you know, uh, I don't want those little kind of like things that just try to make sense of it. It's almost like better left unsaid and unfixed than. Um, and again, it all goes back to how the movies were made in the particular order it was made. Um, and, uh, and you know, it's just, it just is what it is at that point, right? When you start off halfway through a series and then make the rest of it later. Um, here's a... So true. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's one, uh, here's one, just a throwaway one. Um, we haven't had Rada, uh, Jabba's son show up in any Star Wars <laughs> content uh, since the Clone Wars theatrical release back in 2008. He was utterly vanished. Just vanquished, man. Like, just... just oh, just man. Nothing else. I think... He, he, I think I know what happened. He may have had one tiny cameo appearance, or maybe not. I don't even know. Um, in the Clone Wars so, show, but it was mostly just I, a theatrical release. I don't know if this is still canon, and maybe I'm misremembering. Just like lay it, but at one point, I I believe I read that huts they actually eat their offspring to keep them from growing growing up to, and overthrowing them. Ooh. Ooh. So I don't know, I don't know if that's what happened, but it's possible. This this isn't like a. So a joke saying, I'm making because Job is like, a big guy, well, but it's possible the, that he just ate him. He was making deals like big, big galactic wide kind of space lane kind of deals with with making allies and stuff just to get his dinner. <laughs> he wanted the honor. Maybe it's like a special delicacy. Maybe. I don't know. It's like, it's like is it really worth the trouble? <laughs> but yeah, you're I'm right. I'm going to look I this would. up because I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. That's crazy, man. Like, honestly, like it's not far from like, I'd be, I'd be willing to buy that. But at the same time, it's like, that, that's a little harsh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You see like this adorable kid. Maybe that's why they never finished the arc. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. Rada, for any of you guys who don't know, who haven't seen Clone Wars, Rada is Jabba's son. He had a brief appearance in one of the, the Clone Wars theatrical release films, um, the, the one that kicked off the series. 
And then in the Clone Wars show and beyond that, in more recent forms of Star Wars, canon, books, comics, whatever, uh, he, he's like not made any kind of appearance, um, which, which has been a little strange, to say the least, because he was such a big plot of that first story. Uh, you'd almost expect something to come about it. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of waiting on on Dave to kind of, um, you know, do something about this. Uh, maybe, you know, in, in Book of Boba, when we had those twins show up, which were cousins of Jabba, um, how great would it have been? It's a bit of a missed opportunity there not to have used Rada in his place, you know? Not to use this young... Hutlet, who's now kind of grown up, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how quick they grow, but like you know, coming in to try and take his father's uh, legacy, right? Like th- there would have been some sort of personal connection there in the story. I believe the Huts will age super slowly, though, so he might still be really young, right? It might have been really not to say that necessarily rule him out. He could be like some unruly teenager. That could have been kind of funny to see, though. Kind of interesting, like seeing this, like little hutlet prince like being heavily guarded by all these like bodyguards and stuff and it's like like, the thing is like the size of your table coffee table he could have like the kind of like that emo hair or like it's really long on one side and covers his his one (laughs) eye and the other side shaved it's like something out of star wars visions (laughs) yeah exactly uh yeah no i think it's would you say it's a bit of a missed opportunity not to have used him in that in that series or i've done something with him because like he just kind of vanished yeah yeah, I don't know. I've always thought it was a missed opportunity for sure. Uh, you know, them not not using him at all. Uh, do you you have pulled it up there or can't find it? I can't find it at the moment. All so right. maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe it's just maybe that's something like I heard it like middle school, and I've just always considered it canon. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but I did hear that at some point. Um. I'll move on to the next one then. Uh, Snoke as Plagueis, uh, and that's then my have, biggest one. Having no Palpatine return. Okay, yeah, I'm getting to the bottom of my list now too, and and uh, this is a big one. Um, I know it's another sequel one, but but not not just making Snoke Plagueis was I think the biggest disappointment of watching where that trajectory was headed because we i know we've gone on a rant already about the initial trajectory of this story of the stories um but just accepting the movies the way they are if you just take episodes seven and eight why not you know, right up until the point where where um snow gets cut in half that is um uh, why not just make him Plagueis? you know like it's like how how much of a troubled um like how troublesome is it to really kind of do because do we care about this character kind of, but also not really because we haven't really had any time to experience that character. Then again, I don't want to make him a throwaway character, but if they just increased his villainy, made him the villain of the story and just kind of rolled with that. um, Yeah. They could sell us on him being Plagueis and had no, uh, no no um i don't know like di- uh inconsistencies in the story right because like i know no that yeah i get what you're saying because like a big complaint is snoke came out of nowhere yeah but if they went with plagueis plagueis taught palpatine and is referenced in the prequels so he's a character yeah. that already exists in lore and would make complete and utter sense to be the final villain not only that but we're left with this unambiguous 
idea that he conquered death. Right. Exactly. So not we could have had the exact same story that we got, but replace Snoke with Plagueis. And then even if we keep the fact that Kylo cuts him in half, he could, because he can keep himself from dying, yeah. come back and be Palpatine. And then we don't have to bring Palpatine back. And that also would make people a lot happier. Exactly. Because um, then they'd be trying to kill this guy who's unkillable. On top of that, on top of that, in the books after, right before Episode Seven came out, the Aftermath trilogy and and kind of beyond, uh, in some of the uh, the more recent Thrawn novels uh, before Episode Nine came out, that is, and such and such, new forms of canon had consistently kind of been playing up the fact that Palpatine sensed something dark in the outer regions. And I always thought, oh, it's Snoke, right? Like he's sensing this dark yeah. being out there, right? Until we found out in episode nine where it threw us like a curveball. And it's like, oh, actually Snoke is just a product of some failed cloning experiment or whatever, right? Still don't even know the whole science behind that. Um, but, you know, until that point, it's like I thought that Palpatine sends Snoke, in which case Snoke could just be Plagueis because... You know, maybe he's hiding. Maybe, maybe this whole thing, if he was just Plagueis, it would have also really, really played up the fact that Sith masters use their Sith apprentice to just get where they need to be, right? We've yeah. seen it happen a million times. Uh, it's the whole history of the Sith is will the apprentice overpower the master and become the new master and take on an apprentice of their own, or will the master eventually succeed their apprentice in their failed attempt at? Uh, taking over them, you know, as a master, and then they just find a yeah. new, new apprentice, right? Like yeah, exactly. Sidious or they killed used some mission or whatever. Yeah, and and we saw it with Sidious using Maul, then using Dooku, then using uh, even Vader. even uh, yeah, Grievous and and Vader of all uh, of course, like wanting to replace uh, Vader with Luke, and you know, it's like it just goes on and on. It's like how great would it be if Plagueis had actually. Um, made Sidious think it was the ultimate deception scheme, you know, made him think yeah. that he actually killed him even after telling him the secrets of how to resurrect himself and all this stuff. Right. You know, and, and like Sidious is all happy um, after they make this whole grand plan to take over the galaxy together. And, and then he actually, he's actually still alive, brings himself back in hiding, waits until Sidious has actually done all the gritty, dirty work of getting them to that place. And then he comes back, you know, after Palpatine's been gone, after he yep. knows, he knows that the chosen one exists. He knows that the chosen ones fulfilled the prophecy, killed the Sith, died, right? It would make sense for the, for Plagueis to have this greater, greater plan that superseded the plan that he had with Palpatine, you know, just to come back into play and then it would have brought so much more re relevance to the First Order because then it would have made sense why there's a second duplicate empire that's been building yeah. in the unknown regions this entire time, right? Yep. Big missed opportunity, No, I agree. Man. I know. Like the and biggest one. Even if you don't go that route and you just go the route that Palpatine betrayed him and so then Plagueis went and rebuilt his own empire to then, you know, pick up where Palpatine left off, yeah. right? yeah. Like there's there's so many ways you could make it work, yeah, it and they really just is. didn't do it, and it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think it's honestly the biggest missed opportunity of all, and it ties yeah. all nine films together. Yep, it does, and and uh, it would have just 
made so much more relevance out of so much stuff, you know? And it's like, uh, it's like, man, that would have actually, and then Ray's entire storyline, of course, would have changed because, because, uh, now she really is no longer Palpatine at all. She's, uh, she ends up just being what episode eight made her out to be as a nobody. And then she, or she ends could up be. becoming a somebody. And then the irony would be that Palpatine's daughter then overthrows the master that manipulated Palpatine. Maybe something like that, right? Yeah. Even that works as a good storyline too. Yeah, that still like, works better. Every way you way. approach it, yeah, <laughs> it's a good story, and it makes more sense than what we got. Yeah, I, but, I, I don't think there's a scenario in which Plagueis being Snoke is a bad story. Like, I think it's always a good result at the end of the day. You know, <laughs> it's always a good result, like no matter what you do. Yeah. Like, and like most people fixes, don't know, Palpatine's first like, name is Sheev. It's Sheev yeah. Palpatine, right? Most people don't that's know that's right. his first name. Um, Snoke. I mean, who's to say that Snoke isn't just Snoke Plagueis? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Like, well, Plagueis is his Darth, middle name. Plagueis is his Darth name, I guess. But like, who's to say that Snoke just isn't his actual name, right? Like, Sheev Palpatine is Darth Sidious. Uh, Darth Plagueis could have been Snoke something, right? Well, his real name is a Snake Smoke, but he goes by Snoke. <laughs> snake Smoke. <laughs> um, that's right. But yeah, that's that. I think has got to be probably the biggest one on this list. Uh, yeah, I know you were saying that not using George's scripts, which is big too. But if we don't want to go to, from that meta approach, for me, it's it's this one. Yeah, this is th- like the biggest thing, and it's yeah, it's not even that big of a change, but it makes a massive impact. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've got five more, which I'm just going to run through real quick. Actually, six more. Uh, okay, Revenge of the Sith slash uh, Episode Nine could have been way longer. Um, being the last movies at the time that thought were going to be the last Star Wars movie. Um, why not just pull out the whole card? So, you know, pull out, the, pull out the deck. Just Just throw it on the table. Make a three-hour Star Wars movie. Uh, why not, right? Like, what do you got to lose? I mean, Avengers Endgame did it. Avatar did something close to that. I know there's like, I know Lord of the Rings, like they made those movies to be extended and then cut them for for theatrical. Why not just make a three-hour Star Wars movie? I just don't get it. Like, two and a half hours. They basically did with episode eight. They, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they kind of neared three hours there with episode eight. It's still not exactly three hours, but I mean, episode nine and episode three could have benefited greatly from the extra screen time if they, if they just made this is both on George and Disney, you know, with both episode three and nine. I know a lot of people feel episode three feels like a little too stacked, you know, a little too busy. Um, there would have been a lot more it's time. Interesting. It's like, I just rewatched it and there's a lot of nothing in the middle. Like there's a lot of them just like it's politics stuff walking around. Yeah, but it's, especially it's good, it's hanging out stuff, in right? it's story stuff in Padme's yeah in Padme's apartment. I feel like it drags a bit because they're just like talking and then they sit and then they talk and they stand up and they walk and they talk and then you go back to the Jedi Council and it's the same thing. It's it's you just crucial. cut back and forth between the two. It is it is and it's crucial stuff. That's not to say that it it shouldn't be there, but um, I, I get what you're saying. I think like it, it, if it was longer though, they would have been able to mix it up a bit better, right? Just so that it's not like action, action, action in the start, and then action, action, action in the end, right? And uh, it would have been able to be a bit more mixed up a little bit, and um, I think it would have been uh, beneficial for each of those movies. Even even if we just take Episode Nine as it is, just take it as it is, right? 
how much better could the movie have been if it was just longer, right? By like an extra 15, 20 minutes, right? The opening could have been not crammed like a sock drawer with, you know, a million things inside of it, right? All the whole Ben Solo finding the Wayfinder, going to Exegol, confronting Sidious. Yeah. That all happens in like three minutes or something like that. It's just insane, man. It's insanity. You know what's funny is that really correlates to something that hit me last time I was watching A New Hope. And that that is the fact that modern films, they try to cram in way too much stuff as opposed to having less things but adding more drama in the scenario. Yeah. 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 And absolutely. I think it really, really hurts modern films, especially stuff like episode nine yeah where then everything just feels convoluted and rushed and too coincidental yeah and and that's the thing right i mean like a a lot of people might make the argument well i don't want to sit there for three hours and you know my my retort to that is if it's a good movie if it's a good movie it doesn't matter how long you're sitting there people sit in in a in a stage play for like four and like yeah there's like a 30 minute intermission or whatever but i mean you know, you, you're there for the story and it's an experience. And if we're talking about a movie that um, that you're enjoying for the sake of, of a story and an experience, a lot of people would go to the theater and call that the, the you know, the experience. Right. Um, but why not? Right. Like, why not sit there for three hours? I thoroughly enjoyed Avengers Endgame. Yeah, sitting there for three hours. It's like I could sit here for another another 30 minutes, you know, like without needing to go to the bathroom. And um, I, I watched um, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I was not a fan of the theatrical Justice League movie that came out a couple of years ago. And seeing Zack Snyder's version, mind-blowing, man. It was so much better. And um, it's a four-hour movie. It's got, like, four Dang. parts to it. But, dude, it is, like, it is so... Uh, it is so perfect with, um, I guess, it, it just kind of made the previous two movies in his trilogy so much better because of that movie. And it was just the length of it. There was so much room to tell good story, right? It wasn't just action, action, action stuff. I mean, there was a lot of action in there, but it was like, it was just good story content that made the movie itself better. And if right. I wanted to see an action movie just for the sake of a long action movie, go see Transformers. Right. Like that's a perfect example of we, you know, long. You don't action care about movies. the story. Yeah. You don't care yeah. about the story anymore. Right. That's that's just you Transformers, just teenage cool movie action movie. robots. Ex- exactly. Exactly. I mean, if we're looking at the length of a movie and a good story, it comes down to length and how much stuff we're packing into it. And if you're packing into like a three hour movie into two and a half hours, it just doesn't work. And I think that's what yeah. episode nine did. And episode three could have benefited a little more. With and you know, extra time. a big reason for that is because they had to quickly scrap together and explain a new villain. Yeah. For the big clothes, which if they had done Plagueis, we wouldn't have had this issue. <laughs> exactly. It all plays into each other. All these uh, does, all these man. missed opportunities, they all play into each other. Um, uh, a New Hope lightsaber physics. Um, so again, this kind of goes back to just how the movies were made in the order that they were. Uh, but after episode four, the idea of a lightsaber being really heavy uh, was just changed out of the, you know, out of left field. You know, now George wants fast motion samurai style stuff and not heavy broadsword stuff. And uh, this just kind of is a repeating issue, even in re- recent forms of Star Wars with the Darksaber and the Mandalorian. Um, 
and uh, we've just seen this concept of a of a heavy lightsaber come up every now and again, and it just kind of it's one of those inconsistencies where it was a missed opportunity in the special editions, maybe not to do something about it. Or um, I know there's that SC13 project that redid the Ben Kenobi Vader fight, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, they did a great job. Yeah, yeah, really good job. Um, not to say that I, I don't think George would have gone as far as replacing a whole fight scene like that in that kind of format. I don't know if I would have had a problem with that or not, but um, like that level of change is kind of like next level. Um, but uh, I just wanted to throw it in there. You know, it's almost a missed opportunity not to kind of do something. Modernize about it. it. Yeah, just do something yeah. about it. You know, it's just one of those things that always nags at me when I'm watching that movie. Yeah. Well, another another reason why it was so slow and clunky is because when they filmed that, they were actually starting with practical effects. Right. And so the lightsabers that they had built were super delicate. They were there was a, a kind of like a flashlight at the bottom, and then the lightsaber blade was a rotating mirror, so you get like this flashing kind of look. But when they dueled, they would break and shatter really easily. And yeah. so I think that's why you get a lot of that kind of like tapping yeah. movements. That's why they eventually so switched to the, the stick with the, the foil on it. Uh, yeah. Because that ended up just... Like the green screen or whatever. And yeah. they just replace it later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's a here's a curveball one for you. Uh, Mandalorian. In the Mandalorian season two finale, we had uh, a missed opportunity when Luke shows up out of the elevator and takes down all those dark troopers. Um, mm -hmm. Missed opportunity with uh, no John Williams, Luke, binary sunset theme, no force theme, no nothing. We just had an all original new song, uh, which played when Luke was taking down all the droids. And um, I just always thought how much better that scene would be if we had luke's theme you know or or something kind of close to that i get what you're saying I, I also i think i know why they didn't is they didn't want to reveal that it was luke yet well it is it's when he's already got the the lightsaber out like in the hallway that is not not like before the elevator but then when you get to mm -hmm. the elevator there's like a there there's a, you know what let's just um uh let me just bring it up here so there's there's a scene where it's he's he's he approaches in the x-wing you kind of know it's him. They haven't confirmed it. And then as soon as he brings up the, the lightsaber, it's like you you know it's him, right? And uh, and then um, the music kind of kind of starts, but it's not the same song I'm talking about. It's like a, it's like a different different kind of thing. And then there's a build up. And then when he exits the elevator and starts hammering out all these droids, that's when the the new song starts. And it wasn't the song I was expecting. So let's just take a quick listen. Uh, so this is. X-Wing approaches. X-Wing. One X-Wing? Great. We're saved. Incoming craft, identify yourself. Alright, so the X-Wing parks, docks in the hangar. Let me just flick forward a few seconds here. Okay, so we get this nice kind of like, you know, this soft choir kind of music. Surprisingly this, peaceful. Yeah, you see this cloaked figure kind of walk down the halls, and then you see him pull out a lightsaber. 
And on the video camera, you see him take down all these droids, right? And Bo-Katan's looking at the video screen. And then you confirmed the green lightsaber color. It's gotta be Luke Skywalker, right? The robot hands comes out. You know it's him. Alright, now I just flick forward to... Alright, so he gets in the elevator. And now we're in the hallway. Now you see the dark troopers turn, face the elevator. Start marching towards it. You know he's coming. Big suspenseful moment here. Alright, here we go. Here we go. Door's about to open. You see the lights on the elevator door flashing. More suspenseful shots, close-up of the heroes' faces. Silence. And then the song starts. Right? You hear that? Yeah. It doesn't sound like Star Wars. No, it, well, it sounds like a theme that they might play for Grogu. Right. You would, it, to me, it sounds like James Bond. Yeah, it kind of does a little bit. Okay, so there's Would that a... Would all Miss Moneypenny? There, yeah. There's a YouTube video uh, that someone made with, uh, it's called Luke's Entrance, but with the Force theme. And okay. um, I just want to play just a sample of that, just so that you get the idea of like what I'm talking about, what it could have been, missed opportunity of what they, what they, what they could have done with this particular, uh, with this particular scene. All right. Okay. All right. Elevator's about to open. They changed all the music. And... Doors opening... Now. Is a re-edited scene with the Force theme, and it's just—I don't know. To me, it's just—it just, just kind of works, you know. It feels more Star Warsy. I yeah. feel like they should have toned out the uh, Mandalorian music. It started to feel a little convoluted. But right. as far as picking out just the Force theme, I think it did make it feel more like Star Wars, and probably is the yeah. more fitting for Luke. Yeah, it's like you get this heroic Jedi moment where he shows up. It's like you kind—that's of, the kind of music that we think of when, when, when a moment like that happens, right? Uh, so it's funny that 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 already—that's uh, already a thing on YouTube. You know, that you can find multiple different variations with with differently uh, edited music. But that's that to me was like a big missed opportunity in in Mandalorian. Um, Ray's lightsaber rebuild 
so this is my second last one on the list. Not the biggest thing in the world, but um, I always thought that them bringing back the Skywalker saber consistently was just stupid. Um, I, I love that lightsaber. I love Anakin's lightsaber a lot. Uh, when they destroyed it in episode eight, after a whole movie of multiple characters just going after this thing, I was like, thank goodness. We're, that, that's just over with, you know? No more, that lightsaber, it belongs to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like that part, actually, of episode eight. Um, I thought that, yeah. was, that was a, a really creative idea, and cool. I feel like it was it was one of the few times that I was what's that saying? Ryan Johnson always says surprised. <laughs> no, it's a different word he uses, but yeah, basically it was a it was very unexpected, and I was actually right. happy with that. Taken decision. by surprise, what's that? yeah. No, there's a, there's like a saying he says all the time. Oh, I'm blanking on it. All right, well. Um... It's it's a moment that, to me, just it just uh, it w- it was good. You know, it was a good part. Subverted of the- expectations. Yes, yes, thank you. yeah. It subverted expectations, right? And 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 it's like it was a good part of the movie. It's like I liked it. I liked it when the Kyber crystal, you know, just freaks out, blows up. You know, Hilton two at the end of the movie, she pulls it out. You see a clear kind of that thing is broken, and uh, in the follow up movie, episode nine. They ended off the movie with her own lightsaber, but I would have actually loved to have seen her wield that yellow thing throughout the whole thing because it, it, it actually yeah. gives her like her own kind of place, you know, her own identity as a Jedi uh, using her own stuff. Now she's been learning the ways of the force. Uh, it just kind of made sense. Uh, and it would have got it an eight. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have, you know, if, if trying to, cause I know, I know the comparisons are made between the sequels and the originals and them, you know, copying a lot of stuff. Um, but one, one unexpected area where that didn't line up at all was return of the Jedi. Luke has his own lightsaber through the whole thing. And he's not like a fully fledged Jedi until he takes on Vader again. But um, it was the same well, we thing with Rey, right? In the prequels, right? Like that they they create their lightsabers before their Jedi Knights. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. Still, yeah, they're not even Padawans yet. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like Rey can float in the air and do all this crazy stuff, and like she still doesn't have her own lightsaber. Like, give me a break, you know? I mean, and um, let's let's not forget for how long we speculated, and I think it should have remained the case that she should have had a staff saber. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and well, that's that that in itself is like a, uh, it's part of the original Colin Trevorrow episode nine script, which uh, ended up getting canned last minute, and then they brought JJ back to rewrite the movie. But uh, in the original script, uh, which was done before Carrie died, uh, that was actually a thing, and it's actually released in the concept art for the movie, where she's got this big staff with a little lightsaber blade and stuff, and it's like that. That's just so much cooler, you know, and. Um, and it, it would make it feel different than her just copying Luke. Big callback to episode seven when she's swinging that big staff around all over the place. Exactly. Yeah. She already knows how to fight with that. So that would have made more sense than her learning yeah. how to fight with a sword. Exactly. Instead, she just takes a chunk off the top and makes a lightsaber hilt out of it. But um, still, whatever the case is, saber staff or or lightsaber pike or whatever you want to call it, um, yellow lightsaber, whatever, what you know, a, a ray built lightsaber would have been much cooler for episode nine if we just take it as it is. Uh, uh, I would have loved to have seen that instead of a, a fixed Skywalker saber. And then when she buries the lightsabers at the end of the movie, you know, she buries Anakin's lightsaber next to uh, Leia's lightsaber. 
um, it would have been nice to at least maybe, maybe that's why she's burying it. Maybe, you know, it's like putting it to rest, right? That's, it's a broken mm. dead lightsaber that no longer works. Um, Leia's was fine, but you know, uh, and then who, who knows what happened to Luke's green lightsaber, but, uh, yeah, that, that's like the, the ones that she buries in the sand outside of the, the Lars homestead. Uh, it's the yeah. Anakin's next to, next to his daughter Leia's. And, um, I always thought, eh, they should have just left it broken. You know, so uh, last one on my list here. <laughs> was it a missed opportunity to not have Jar Jar included in the special editions? <laughs> in the special editions, in the like special the original edition. trilogy. Yeah, in the original trilogy. Was it a missed opportunity not to throw him in there? What, like you're thinking when they go to like Moss Eisley and they come into the sand speeder, he'll be like juggling in the background or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know, man. Like, it was just something, I, as I was throwing the list together, I'm like, I'm just going to put this at the end. You know, people can either have a laugh at it or actually come up with something. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, like, it was a, like, I get why he's just not around um, at all in uh, uh, any movie after episode three. But at the same time, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, George loves that character so much. I'm surprised that there wasn't even like a background cameo thing going on. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. He didn't try to do something, at least a Gungan. Yeah. What yeah. about well, this one? We don't know because it was only rumored. But if you look up the the theory, I think there's legs to it. What about the missed opportunity of because this is before Plagueis existed? Yeah. Jar Jar being the original Sith Lord who taught Palpatine. Oh man! And they just do a, a reverse Yoda gag right we're like when you first meet yoda in uh, empire strikes back <laughs> yeah. he's like this kooky crazy character you find out he's a jedi master yeah, yeah same yeah. idea but jar jar's a sith lord man that's 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 a that's a theory i don't think is ever gonna go away <laughs> it's because it it takes this character that everyone like hated his antics for and then it makes it so he did it on purpose to trick everyone yeah yeah no it's uh it actually has a lot of um a lot of foundation, I guess, beneath it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's it's not a not a thing that's gonna stick. But um, to me, I mean, you, okay, even even seeing a Gungan at all, like have what you mentioned there about the Gungans showing up at Gungan. all, like Gungan, yeah, Gungan, Gungan. I mean, like, why not just throw one in any kind of Star Wars after after the prequels, right? Like, it's like, did they all just get eradicated or something? Yeah, they vanished. That's a good question because we know they did that with the Genosians, so maybe they did that with the the Gungans as well. Maybe, maybe. Um, be interesting. I'm sure Palpatine hated them. <laughs> yeah, unquestionably, because they're, they're be from his home world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, that would be that'd be an interesting one to try and speculate on for sure. Um, man, Lego. Uh, I mean. Lego Star Wars has been out. We've had our uh, review for that uh, out for kind of a little while now, but uh, well, about a week. Um, but uh, I followed up with uh, I played Episode Three now at this point, and I, I got to say, anyone who doesn't own Lego Star Wars should uh, should pick it up. It is such a good game. I know you mentioned you're gonna buy it as well. Yep, I'm just yeah. waiting long enough that people start trading it in at EB Games, and I'll pick one up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, uh, I mean, 
anyone who's listening, uh, make sure you go and check out that episode because uh, it was a good one and, uh, you know, really broke down the game for our progress on Attack of the Clones. Uh, but as far as missed opportunities go, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much the list that I've got. Um, I think uh, you, we covered everything on your list there as well. I had a few minor ones, but we hit all the big ones. Uh, I could just quickly run through them here. Sure. Uh, I think it was missed opportunity that there was no existence in the sequels of Mara Jade or Kyle Katarn. They should have, even if they weren't yeah. main characters, they should have at least existed. Right. Little little nod to those legends uh, fans out there, yeah. Exactly, and the other one is I think a missed opportunity using the Knights of Ren. They didn't really do anything. Oh yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, and there was such a cool concept that just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, recently, funny, they've been adding them in recently into stuff. So the new Crimson Rain comic book arc, and that's uh, the thing. It's all comics. It's not it, screen. It, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, for sure, I agree. Yeah, this this ties in a bit with what you were saying earlier. This crossed my mind. You said how you didn't like the state of the galaxy when we come into, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, when we come episode into episode seven, seven right? Yeah. yeah. So, what if we back that film up a little bit in the timeline, and the Ben Solo. A prequel comic what if the movie started there because then you would learn the knights of ren mm -hmm. they would you would see how how kylo becomes the the master of the knights of ren you'll be introduced to snoke or plagueis and and you get to see the fall of of uh, luke's jedi academy and, and then from there you would go into the rest of the story that would be so much better because, you know, I think I think definitely like a lack of there's a lack of um, material, I think, when it comes to uh, the transition of Ben Solo into Kylo Ren, for sure. And uh, that's what makes that comic book so good, because it fills a much needed space that they were intentionally trying to avoid when they were making the movies because they didn't want to, I guess, do anything that would affect the stories later in the in the films, that is. So right. there was like one book. Uh, which came out at one point called Bloodline. And it was about Leia in her uh, political career between episode six and seven. And that kind of did something, but it vaguely mentioned Ben Solo. And it just said that he was off training with Luke or something like that. And and just gave you the idea. It's like, okay, he's born. They've kind of passed him off to, you know, Uncle Luke, Luke and, you know, for, for the, training. Use the force. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. No mention of Leia's training or anything like that, of course, because at that time they hadn't constructed that part of the story yet. But um, yeah. Yeah. And the Kylo Ren comic book was, you know, I think uh, like three or four years away from its actual release. <clears throat> so this is a going, yeah, going a ways back. I don't but... know. They probably came up with that story afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So obviously it's not like realistic for them to have done it. But, you know, we're talking about, like, what ifs here. And I think that would have definitely would have added to the story a lot. I think that would have been really cool. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think the biggest. Yeah. One of the one of the bigger missed opportunities for sure is is definitely not approaching the sequels as a trilogy of films that are sequels. Right. They approach them as if it was the middle of a story again, like how episode four and five and six did it. 
And that was, I think, their, one of their bigger mistakes when planning out that whole trilogy. Um, they didn't use the backing of six movies to emphasize episode seven, right? They just soft rebooted the series and uh, called it a day, uh, which was a big mistake. But, you know, there you have it. Missed opportunities. Um, you know, we have missed opportunities. We, we point out these missed opportunities because we love Star Wars and, you know, we, we want to see, see it succeed. And uh, there's things... Obviously, all of us have something to say about what we think we would have liked to have seen instead of uh, what we got. And uh, there you have it. <laughs> so, any last words? Just had another one hit me here. And this one, maybe we'll get it. But the return of Mace Windu. The return of Mace Windu. <laughs> I think when it comes to Mace Windu, I think uh, Samuel L. Jackson's probably on your in your boat as well. I think he's rooting for himself. Yeah, he's to ready to go. Come back. Yeah, he's ready to go for another <laughs> another spin at the lightsaber. And uh... like Ewan gets a miniseries. Why can't I? <laughs> yeah, no, you're totally right. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him back. At the same time, it would be kind of strange. It's just there was no there was no alluded uh, content at all that kind of tried to say he could be alive it was just he's out except the george he's lucas gone. saying he's alive he said him he was alive george lucas said he's alive yeah no way yeah i, but, I, I mean that. it was it was yeah there's like an interview and like george is there and samuel jackson's there and sam just is like hey george you know fall out that window jedi can survive stuff like that i could be alive right he's like sure <laughs> i think at that point george is like i'm not making any more star wars movies i don't care <laughs> yeah I'll yeah just make him but happy. all right <laughs> yeah hey came from the masters so it's gotta be the truth <laughs> yeah, that's that's so that's funny he backed him up into a cannon. corner with that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. can you imagine if he was like nope <laughs> <laughs> i laugh really hard that's for sure that'd be, that'd be a good interview <laughs> <laughs> and then Samuel Jackson and give him that like you know the the Pulp Fiction face. Yeah, 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 totally. Just that, <laughs> yeah, just that stone cold badass pissed off look. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, thanks for coming back as always, and uh, we will catch you in the next one. Sounds like a plan, man. Remember, keep flying. All right, and thank you all for those tuning in at home, in the car, in the kitchen, wherever you are. Uh, you can find Star Wars Escape Pod on any podcast platform. And uh, don't forget, help us out. Give us some uh, some nice star ratings if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or uh, Podchaser or anywhere that allows you to leave a star review. Maybe even type a few words. It really helps us out a lot. Helps the algorithms, helps people find the podcast and uh, get... Uh, get listening i guess get tuned into the show so uh we always love our seeing our audience numbers go up and that would be fantastic uh next week we've got uh well we've got something planned you'll find out what it is later <laughs> have an have an awesome easter weekend everyone and may the force be with you